Man, listen. I just listened to this last podcast and I just realized, man, that it's it's deeper than rap, man. It's your boy, see Will Holler. It's deeper than rap. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, C. Will Holler, a.k.a. the Podfather, a.k.a. the Professional Conversationalist, a.k.a. the hardest working man in podcasting. You are now tuning in to the greatest podcast show of all time, Two Kings in the Pod, with my co-host, Mr. He Is Blanchard, a.k.a. Free Blanch. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? What's good? Chilling, chilling, man. I actually uh, didn't do the due diligence of asking you what the rundown of the show was going to be about before we jumped on because I know our schedules have been crazy, but I think we are our two masters of doing the free fall ad lib, so we're going to go with it that, that this time. Yeah. It's, we can talk off the fly, you know. It's, uh, well, I mean, we are pro- professional conversationalists, so. Yeah. Two kings <laughs> in a pod. One thing I want to um, ask you before we get the show started, really, um, it's been a while since we had a, uh, an episode and I wanted to do a quick, quick check in, not only on what's going on in your world, but what's going on with your 2019? How has 2019 begin, uh, manifested for you so far? Uh, 2019, you know, um, has been, uh, it's been all right, I guess. I've been, you know, reading. Mm-hmm. I've been... Um, I got my I got my HHM incorporated. Oh, so you um, got your LLC? I didn't do LLC. I did incorporation. Got it. Got it. What's and the I, difference? And I'm, and okay. I'm gonna tell you why. Um, when I heard people talking about an LLC, everybody was telling me to get your LLC so you won't get sued, and, or in case you get sued, what you have will be protected. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the guy that does my taxes, um. I said, you know, I want to start my business and I want to get my LLC. And so he pulls my little folder out. He starts writing on it. And he says, let me ask you a question. He says, why do you want an LLC? I said, well, because, you know, in case I get sued, I don't want folks taking my stuff. He was like, you plan on getting sued? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. And he was like, so then why do you want an LLC? He's like, you know, you, if you have an LLC, you have to have a partner. He said, "But well, you have an incorporation, it's all you." Mm. I was like, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." And then he was like, uh, telling me that the government gives you better tax breaks. There's more programs that are INC friendly than LLC friendly. Mm. Um, and he's basically breaking down the amount of money you can make just off of having an uh, incorporation versus LLC. So he basically was speaking from a non-fearful aspect. And so I had to check myself, and I said. I only wanted an LLC because it was fear-based. And most people that want the LLC use a fear-based tactic to tell you why to get it. My thing is, I never thought about getting sued. So I've always saw Hustle Hard Mouthpiece 
Incorporated. I've always saw HHM Incorporated. I've, I've always hashtag HHM Incorporated. So I learned the lesson in people can give you some good advice, but not good for you. And people were giving me sound advice based on what they had experienced in life and what they knew, but it just wasn't for me because my whole idea and dream and everything was HHM INC. And so he wrote it on the folder and he even put HHM, he put Hustle Hard Mouthpiece LLC. It didn't even look right. It didn't. It, do, it, it doesn't sound right. It didn't even look right. So I grabbed the folder and scratched off LLC and put INC. Mm. And so I guess what I want to tell people is don't let fear dictate any of your decisions. If you want to have an INC, then get an INC. If you want an LLC, get an LLC. Just make sure your reasoning is not based in fear. I was going to ask you a question because um, two things that popped up during that um, quick rundown. The importance of why. And I think what's funny to me is people, because because based on advice and information that people give you, it, it, it's crazy to me that when some person, when a person, when a random person who wasn't a part of that conversation comes in with one simple question, why? <laughs> your whole reason, your whole little house of reason just falls apart. With yeah. One question. I, I mean, one word question at that. Part two, fear-based versus uninformed. I don't think that they did that because they were fearful of getting being being sued or, or the fear of being sued could fuel your reasoning but i i honestly think that comes from being uninformed and i think of that's that's the larger part of what what happens when people are giving advice that most of the advice that they give you ain't really based on nothing but conjecture hearsay it's not like they are tax specialists or people who have yeah. it, an llc or an inc either or i i think it's you know, people who heard by way of, or maybe read a quick blurb or something, or, you know, how, cause you get, think about it this way. Back in your grandfather's day and probably even in your father's day, whatever, what kind of information they got way of was truth-based information. It wasn't based on fear. It wasn't based on misinformation other than, you know, stuff that came from the government. But today we live off the 30 second, 60 second soundbite. Yeah, we do. And I think that's what gets us in trouble because I know for me, if something pops in my head or I hear something or somebody says something before I go down a rabbit hole, I go down the rabbit hole. I do my due diligence. I do my research. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was a huge difference between an LLC or an INC. So you actually put me up on game. But um, back back to my question. Do you think they informed you out of fear or just being misinformed? I think it was honestly because these folks had businesses mm -hmm. I would say it was out of fear because they want to protect their personal assets sure. and I get it I'm sure. not I'm not I'm not saying their reasoning is wrong and or it's bad I'm mm -hmm. just saying that was their everybody's pitch to me was that they didn't mention anything about taxes how to run the business or what they meant the all only thing everybody mentioned was you don't want to get sued and so i'm like so when i'm talking to him about it i repeated what they said to me but when he heard it and this is a man that has multiple businesses this is a man that has money this is a man that's living by faith not by sight this is a man all the above when he heard it he asked a simple question do you plan on getting sued 
And I said, no. Why do you want LLC then? Because <laughs> he has he, he has corporations, so he knows the difference. Yep. And, and and again, I'm not saying people inform me with with malintent. Of course. I'm just saying I'm just saying when folks start a business, they want to take the least amount of risk as possible. I get it. I understand. But at my age now, where I'm at in life, I'm all in. Yeah. So the risk is the risk. If I lose it all, I lose it all. If I gain it all, I gain it all. But I'm not holding back. So I, I'm in the 12 round. Uh, <laughs> in the home run stretch. Home run stretch. I'm tired. My my Two trainer drill. My my trainer yelling, "Come on, tap! You got one more in you." I said, "Man, let's go." You done puked in the bucket. I done threw up in the bucket. I saw Larry Holmes one time. Larry Holmes, he got a tape but he's. He actually drunk the water. He put his put the oh. water in and spit it up. Boy, Larry Holmes got hit in that stomach, man. Larry Holmes threw that water back up, man. <laughs> I saw Larry Holmes puke that water, man. I saw it. But anyway, uh, what fight was this? I don't know. I'm a, I'll look at my YouTube for you because it should be a, a, a classic clip when Larry Holmes throws up. Yeah, he he threw that water. Up. Um. But yeah, so I agree, and it could be both. It could be misinformed. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, a lot of times, our fears develop from misinformation. Facts. So it could be misinformed. I just know my whole time with HHM has been HHM INC. So that's what it's been. Whether it, I, I didn't know anything about business or strategies or nothing, I just knew that's what it was. Hustle hard, mouthpiece, and corporate. You know what's been. A uh, huge difference um, from my 2018 versus my 2019, and uh -huh. it's based on that what you just said. In terms of you saying you're making moves without fear, it's like if you don't have the answers, the answers come to you mm -hmm. organically. Like even if you look at how that whole thing went down, now you're getting this whole litany of information on LLC, and you don't want to be sued, and if you get sued, you want to protect your assets. You go to your tax guy, he says. Well, let me ask you this. Why? You don't have an answer. Then he said, well, let me ask you this. Do you plan on getting sued? Sued? You say no. Then why would you do that? And you you understand what I'm saying? So the whole yeah. time, it kind of sort of like the, the, the faith-based lifestyle versus the fear-based lifestyle. Even with the faith-based lifestyle. And you're the one who told me this many, many, many years ago. You said, do what you've been doing. You do what you've been doing and you've been living your life this whole time based on faith, probably with some fear. You made some moves out of fear, but you, for the most part, you've been living your life based on faith, meaning whatever you whatever your expectation was, you didn't have it in your hand at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so you moved forward and with you moving forward in that, even if you get off course, you have an opportunity to be to have that course corrected. And this dude basically put you back and like matched you back up with what your original intent was. Because I do remember seeing the logo HHM INC, not HHM LLC. So yeah. it, it, it's crazy how when you're tuned in, um, or like I, you know, you, you know me for years, I, I just always pay attention to little things like that, like how it always comes back that full circle, yeah, and. And I also, 2019, to see back what you're saying, I also realized that I'm becoming, well, I'm becoming more aware, mm -hmm. um, more aware of myself and more aware with 
really what's going on. I think, you know, you've probably been aware for a long time and it is still increasing, but I remember you said that you prayed for wisdom at a young age and God gave mm -hmm. it to you. And the Bible even says, you know, ask for wisdom and God to give it to you freely. But so I started praying to God. I was like, God, I want some wisdom. I said, I want I want you to give me what you gave Chris. And <laughs> well, listen, did I did I be up, did I be up at night tears talking about take it back? Take it back. Listen to listen. me, man. At 3 so I'm telling you. I'm constantly hit with revelations. I'm constantly, I don't really have any peace when it comes to hearing somebody speak and listening to what they're saying behind the words or watching something and Facts. seeing what plays out behind it. So you pray for wisdom, you're going to get it. But just under, but just understand, you're going to get it. Praying for wisdom doesn't guarantee you peace. You have to be at peace with what you get from that wisdom. So that's what I'm realizing. And I also feel like this year is a great year because things are happening even not just for you, for, for Melissa, for people that we know, things are happening. And I'm getting invited to be on podcasts and you clearly the power father um, about to do even bigger things. So I feel like this is the year, I don't know if this is the year, but this is the year where I feel things are shaping up kind of, and kind of coming, kind of coming together like, okay, now, now I can put the pieces together. Like before, we had a scattered puzzle piece all over the room, but now we at least got the pieces all in one yep. centralized location. We can start putting them together now. And that's how I feel like this year. Even with you saying that, like how you said, you can't have somebody say something to you without a revelation. See, even what you just said, a revelation came to me. What you just saying, what you said about a puzzle. People don't, people, people, and I love that, and I'm gonna break the analogy down like this. When you buy a puzzle, you have the complete puzzle, it's just not put together. So you have all the pieces that you need to put the puzzle together, the pieces just aren't put together. So what has happened to transpire and make sure that this is in alignment with what you're saying, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, we had mm -hmm. all the pieces to the puzzle. And how do you put the pieces up? How do you put a puzzle together? If you're smart, you put the rim out, you put yeah. the order together first and you work outside in, from yeah. the outside in. And, and if you look at that, how we were doing things 10 years ago, cause I was actually in the gym this morning um, and I ran into Kenny um, and we were just chopping it up and Kenny said something. He said, man, this was Kenny saying this this morning. This is how this is crazy that this is coming up on this podcast unprompted. Kenny said, man, even if you look at me, you, Blanchard, Q, um, and he said, if you look at, he said, he was in the gym 10 years ago playing ball. He said, we played ball together for 10 years. He said, and if you look at it now, everybody who was in that gym playing ball together for those 10 years are out here in the world doing their own thing <laughs> right now in this moment. You're doing your thing. Q is doing his thing. Ann is doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. And Kenny is doing his thing. And and and, it, and it's no rub. It's no friction. It's no envy. 
and, it, and it's crazy like you're saying that to to see that now that melissa's things are coming to manifest my things are coming to manifest robert's things are coming to manifest your things are coming to manifest even to the point that people who are in our periphery <laughs> their their things are starting to come into manifest like we are we are blessed to be a blessing and i'm seeing that our blessings yes. are blessing others and that's the part that to me is really like so profound in what you're saying about the uh, pieces of this puzzle are coming together but yes i would definitely agree with you that um i i i and i said this coming into 2019 that 2019 was going to be a year of harvest i said that and i and i because i knew it because i felt it i felt it before um it came to pass and it's crazy that you said that you prayed <laughs> that you prayed to god for wisdom and you say give me what this guy. i'm like man listen to me uh it can come at a cost man it, it come at a cost when everybody chilling and jugging yeah, and you can't you, yeah you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just sit still, still and, and listen to it you know it's funny you know yesterday i had put that post up on facebook that i put on instagram and um christian called me and Christian said, man, <laughs> he said, I took notes. He said, I listened to what you said in that clip. And he said, I took notes, man. He said, I wrote them down. I, he said, I want to <laughs> I wanna, uh, repeat them to you. So he basically repeated what I said. And then he said, um, compatible with someone's purpose. And he was like, and he was like, Mm -hmm. You said that and he said, man, and I said, Christian, I said, how many people, this is a side note, but how many people think about their purpose when they're dating someone? I said, the vast majority of people don't even correlate the two. But I realized that when the puzzle starts getting put together, you see how much of this stuff matters. You see how you see how much your diet Facts. matters. You see how much your rest matters. You see how much these years matter. Your being your time. You see how much people in your life. You see how all this stuff matters, and it's very, very um, paramount in your success. And I'm gonna tell you what's funny too. A couple of weeks ago, I have been watching. Um, I started watching um, the Cosby Show. And I was just mm -hmm. like, man, this was a freaking great show. So I, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that first season. I, I watched you know certain episodes, but now I'm on that first season. And the first season was real gutter. Like that first season was real raw. And yeah. It was like black family. You know, it was real raw. And e even even the, yeah. even that intro. Yeah, hopping out, hopping out, you know what I'm saying? Who won't smoke, hopping out the shit, you know, so like the 18. <laughs> so but I said, but then they move into that brownstone. And so do you know, mm -hmm. dude, I said, just by watching the show, I was just fascinated with that brownstone because they always when they cut back to the show, they show you the outside of where they live, supposedly, in Brooklyn Heights in the Brownstone. Facts. So man, I'm starting to look. I'm just looking up brownstone. I'm like, dang, I done fell in love with brownstone. And then it hit me. I want a brownstone. I and, and it's crazy because I've never wanted a brownstone before in my life. I've never thought about nothing about no brownstone in my life. Watching that show now as an adult, 
I said, let me look at these brownstones. And Chris, let me tell you, man, when I tell you, they, they are literally the coldest setup for a house I have ever seen <laughs> in my life because they're all unique. They're all, they're all different. They got their own personalities. They got their own. It is the coldest setup for a house I've ever seen in my life. And I said to myself, I've never wanted a house before in my life. Like I've never said, I want to stay in this house. I want to live in the condo. I've never, never in my life had any desire. I looked them, I looked mm-hmm. them brownstones up, and I said, <laughs> I got to have one. <laughs> because what's cold though? Somebody said, look at the brownstones in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was looking at Brooklyn Heights. You know, they send six, seven, eight. Yeah. They said, look at the ones in Harlem. Yeah. So let me look at the ones in Harlem. I go look at the ones in Harlem. Now they still like, you know, two, three, four. I was about to say they ain't they, cheap. They ain't cheap. But I'm like, Harlem, Brooklyn Heights, I don't really care, but I'm like, it's just a setup for the house. And Facts. I don't know, just, I just want to share that with you. I don't know why I just fell in love with the brownstone, but it was from that show. And I just was watching the show thinking, this show was awesome. And awesome for the reason that it showed us free. No stereotypes, no racism, no bad upbringings, no drugs in the community, no violence, no, none of it. Just two parents, successful, have children, love their family. And that's it. And... Yeah, Dale Hughley had a um, statement that he made a while back on Bill Maher's um, real-time television show that comes on HBO. Um, I watched that show religiously. <laughs> Pun intended, I guess. Um, Dale Hughley said, Barack Obama is who we aspire to be. Donald Trump Fact. is who we are. And obviously he's saying yeah. this as a country. So... I would say probably the Cosby show is who we should aspire to be, but I I would also say good times for black people is who who we are, Um, and Roseanne or All in the Family would be who white people are in this country, you know, in, in reality. And I say that to say, when you talk about aspirational goals, I think to me, fundamentally speaking, that is the American dream, is aspirations is the ability to take your own destiny, manifest destiny, so to speak, take your own destiny, your own life, your own will, and bring these things into Mm -hmm. manifest. I was talking to someone um, again this morning, we were talking about, you know, being black in America, being black men in America specifically. And I was, and I asked him the same thing that I'd asked you a long time ago. I said, why don't, I said, have you ever thought about podcasting? And I said that to him because this dude actually has a lot of information. He has a lot of empathy. He very articulate when it's um, time to share his experiences. Um, and, it, and it's not like you said, it's, 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 he doesn't do it with malintent or ill will or, or even like in a sense, like playing the victim. Cause I think that's, that's, you got to be careful with that when you're sharing Thanks. your experience. So I, I hear a lot of vi- victimization 
you know, or, or victim victim blaming, or you know, in in when people are sharing their experience. But um, I say all that to say this: it's like when, to your point, I remember feeling aspirational when I watched the Cosby Show, and to the point that the spinoff of that show was a different world. And when I saw a different world, that made me want to go to college. Nobody up until that point in my life said hey you're gonna go to college one day when i saw that show i was like you know yeah. what i'm going to go to college and uh, other shows did that for me as well i mean martin watching martin Payne on martin made me want to get yeah. into broadcasting because because he had his own radio show and then eventually he had his own talk show i well, think it's called yeah, word really, up a word on the street that was hilarious so. <laughs> this show was so <laughs> foolish man <laughs> Yeah, his show was foolish, um, but it was a great show. Um, even leaving Tingle, yes. they had a brownstone. That was a beautiful home because um, they was in they were in, in New York as well. So yeah, no man, I, I love the fact that you can again once you open up your third eye, so to speak, and where you start to bring in wisdom or you want to be wisdom, right? And I always tell you my favorite scripture from the Bible: "Wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom." And in all that getting, get understanding. Um, I think once you are able to take that wisdom, because what I'm very fearful of, definitely in black culture, um, especially when we're talking to older black men, they have tons of wisdom. They have tons of knowledge and information. But boy, they don't have no understanding. They don't have any understanding because you see, like, I'm like, you got all this knowledge and wisdom, but you're, you're struggling. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. But then once I read that scripture, I got it because they got all this wisdom, but boy, for Pete's sake. I always no say that black people struggle with context. We we, we get a whole yes. lot of stuff we get bombarded with, and it's hard for us to contextualize the information that we're getting. So you so you can and, and it's because yes. of emotional immaturity. That's where that stems from. And facts. So facts. I'm watching the show and I see that not only was it hope, but it was also a blueprint. Um, mm -hmm. Because you can see that, you know what? Two people that care about each other and have aspired in life, they can leave a legacy easily. Um, I even think about being here in America. I thought about, I've been fascinated with these brownstones, but guess what? I have the luxury of being in America to be fascinated. I can make two or three moves, Chris, and be in a brownstone in three years. That you could be in a brownstone by the end of this year. My point is, based on based on me knowing what you have, like, yeah. in terms of assets, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but with the current assets that you have right now, like things that are tangible, yeah. things that you can liquidate right now, and then yeah. with your potential, you could be in a brownstone by the end of so, this year. So I say that to say that. As much as we people dislike America, and as much as we get on the social media and talk about how bad America is, there's still a great side to America. And I actually have an opportunity to be in the brownstone by the end of this year. You go to some place in the mm -hmm. world, it's a wrap. I don't care what, it, it's a wrap. You born in the poverty, you're going to die in the poverty. Facts. You can come over here, impoverished in a third world country, come to America and get rich. I said, so... We tell the story, we don't tell all the story. We gotta tell all of them. And a lot of immigrants of do that they do. too. A lot of people come to this country, make tons of money, 
send it yep. back, and then they move back. Where their money actually, the money that they make here actually multiplies two, three, four, ten. Now they got generational wealth in their own country. Facts. I mean, because you, I went to, the, I mean, I've traveled the world, but I know specifically me going to hang out with Julian in the DR back in, I want to say this was 2015, 2016, I can't remember. Um, but I went there for eight days. His cousin is from the States. His cousin has a flat in Porta, in Porta Plata, and he also owns an apartment in Santiago, which is about two hours inland mm -hmm. from Porta Plata, which is on the beach. His flat was immaculate. Like, it's in an apartment complex, kind of set up like an apartment mm -hmm. complex, like a condo. And it just looks plain from the front. You pull in, it's a little security guy at the gate. He opened the gate, you go in, you walk up, look like regular apartments. But brother, let me tell you, when you go into the back and you go downstairs and get in that private pool and it's mm. an infinity pool, look, look like the into the oblivion. Ocean. I was, I, I, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, "Why not?" Same, same thing. How you said when you watching the show and you see the brownstone, you fall in love with that. You say, "Why not?" The same thing, bro. I still got this picture to this day. While I'm sitting back, my arms stretched back on the edge of the pool, feet kicked up in the infinity pool. I'm looking at the water, like over the edge, like it's going into the, the to the ocean. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. Cause you, cause you, again, you just said something that's poignant. Blueprint, a schematic. I'm gonna go back to something that you said on your podcast. I don't even know if it was a podcast. It might have been something you put up on IG. The difference between the purpose, yeah, and a plan. Again, think about how powerful that message was. Because to your point, everyone and I thought about it this morning while I was working out. Everyone does have a purpose. So a purpose yeah. is unilateral. Everybody doesn't have a plan. And like you said, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Yeah. No, it was a podcast. That was that was actually the title of the podcast. And, and it's funny because when Lamar, so, yeah, Lamar it's, it's, asked the question, I immediately thought, first thing I thought about was how many people think it's a purpose. And I was talking with my coworker Mm -hmm. And she and I asked her, I said, well, what's your purpose? She said, I don't know. And I said, I don't believe that. I said to me, everybody knows their purpose because your because your purpose Facts. is no respecter of you, meaning it's going to bring itself whether you like it or not. Now, whether you acknowledge it mm -hmm. is your decision, you can ignore, you can accept it, but everybody knows what they want to do in life everybody i said there's somebody right now in a rice field in china that wants to be an artist they know this mm -hmm. now it may be hard to be an artist they may have kids at home they got to get fed all this stuff happens but they know what they want to be and i said the problem is we don't have a plan of attack for our purpose and what i'm realizing mm -hmm. 2019 is i didn't plan in my life and it's partly fear-based and it's partly being lazy and it's partly fun functioning getting by off not being prepared it it's kind of like when the hulk had to fight thanos um that that first time 
Yeah, the, the, the Hulk is strong and he gets strong when he gets mad and all this stuff. That's cool. But you're fighting somebody that is prepared to fight. You're fighting someone that is prepared for battle. You're fighting someone that's literally saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to alter the entire universe. So that little weak combo that works on everybody else, <laughs> the, the double-handed fist drop, the, the knee, the all that. Listen, <laughs> it'll, get, it'll get most villains. It'll get most Facts. villains. But it will not get someone that has a plan. That's why Floyd Mayweather is so Facts. hard to beat because everybody goes in there trying to beat Floyd Mayweather instead of having a plan to win the fight. And I said, you make it about Facts. Floyd, you can't hit him, you're going to get frustrated. He running around the ring. He gonna fr So don't make it about Floyd, make it about winning the fight. But guess what? That takes a plan. And that takes a trainer to sit back and mm -hmm. have a plan that you're going to follow. Then Phil Jackson, the Tex winner, having to sit Michael Jordan down and saying, listen, we're about to try something that's never really been done before. And we want to use you mm -hmm. to do it. And Mike is like, wait a minute. Y'all want me to do A, B, C, and D. What about my, about my stats, though? What about my number? I'm trying to catch this. I'm trying to do I'm trying to do all this. Phil say, listen, if you follow this, you ain't getting all of that, but you're going to get most of it, plus in championships. And so, and, and, and so Mike said, okay, I'll take it. At the end of the day, you know why? Mike want to win. So... You always say you want to win, win or just look or look uh, good. Or look, look good. I want to say it right. Yes. You know, people butchering these quotes. <laughs> do you want to do you want to win <laughs> or look good losing? If you want to look good losing, you do what I do, and that is don't have a plan and try to rely on your talents to get you by. That ain't always gonna work. You have to you have to develop some skill sets, and you see guys in the league. This happening to them all the time when you see guys don't really have it. We saw Russell Westbrook this year struggling because guess what? Uh, LeBron, LeBron too. under a microscope, when you really look at it, y'all been getting by with athleticism, God-given talent, God-given ability. But guess what? When that don't work, what you going to do? You don't have a plan. You thought I was going to be this way for the rest of my life. And for LeBron, he pretty much has been for these, I guess, 16 seasons. But eventually the Bucks going to stop. And well, well, you see the difference between LeBron at 34 years old and Michael Jordan oh, at 34 years old. And I'm going to add to your equation, if I may. You talk about your plan supersedes your facts. purpose. You want to add jet fuel to that? Inject your plan with passion. That is Michael yes. Jordan. Because he he took the plan that yes. Phil Jackson laid, right? The schematic. And fueled with his passion. Cause he could have got he could have gotten by average in 18, 19 points. They still yeah. would have won the championships. But when you when you have that plan and you now fuel that plan with passion, you're averaging 29 30. points and, and, and no, you get yeah. defensive player of the year. NBA. MV, MVP, MVP, first team all defense, first team all NBA, all star I mean, MVP. You, you, yeah, you lead the, you literally come become the greatest player of all time. 
based on what you would call the eye test. Where the people who actually have more stats than you would still bow down and say, that guy is I'm going to tell you something. I had an argument with somebody, and I and I said, they said, what about Kareem? And I said, Kareem's one of the greatest players ever. And, and I say greatest Thanks. player in the sense that we're talking about high school, college, and, and pro. I mean, he literally Thanks. had a historic career. I said, but when I go to the the tail of the tape, I look at those finals MVPs and I say he has six championships, but he has two finals MVPs. I said, so that means mm -hmm. for four of his rings, the vast majority of them, he was not considered the best player. I said, I'm not saying he's not great, but it tells me a lot. That tells me a lot. It tells me that when everything mattered, when it was all on the table, more times than not, he didn't perform at the highest level. Not to say he didn't perform well, he didn't perform at the highest level. And to me, this is what I talk about when I talk about the eye test and, and looking at things, even in 2019, start looking at life with the eye test. You know, people were telling us all this stuff. We hear all stuff on social media, but what does the eye test tell you? Oh yeah, they ball and they got all this money, but what does the eye test tell you? What is what are they really showing you? And I'm starting to see you by the one of the few people I know, you and a couple other people, you know, that actually speak tangibly. Meaning mm. you can say something and you can touch it later. These folks on Instagram, they can post it, but you can't, you can't touch it. <laughs> you know, they can stream it, but you can't touch it. You actually yeah. speak tangibly, meaning you will say something and it can manifest. I can physically see it. So, mm -hmm. even like you say to the picture of you in New York with a dude painted on the side of the street, and and the funny thing is, <laughs> he he painted the picture all with bread though. I'm looking Facts. at my picture right now. I got a bag, I got bags of money, money come out of my pocket with a boat, with a bow tie on. Might rock the bow tie. He didn't know that. He didn't All know the that. time. He didn't. Bow tie on, smirking with the big apple behind me, literally. Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty. I'm looking at it. <laughs> and money falling out of my pocket. And, and, and I got that smirk. And he gave me the white man's nose. So, so you know he didn't cheat. <laughs> he, said, he didn't, he didn't teach cheat. Me. He didn't. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, I think here's the thing. I think what stops people from being able to speak tangibly is yeah. fear. Because what they do is they speak and then they say, but what if I'm wrong? I'm gonna be judged. I'm gonna I'm gonna be denied. I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be ridiculed. I'm gonna be whatever. And it's like when you are when you are speaking in faith, you have to speak tangibly. That's why I say it. it's the evidence. I mean, it's the substance of things hoped for, yet the evidence of things not seen. How can you have evidence of something you ain't seen? How can you have you substance? You can have evidence of something you... Of they... Well, I'm, I'm going to go beyond the substance, right? Because it's the substance of yeah. things hoped for. Meaning, 
substance comes from I have I have a need mm-hmm. for something, right? So if I, so if I'm hungry or if I need to pay my bills, it's the substance of things hope for. Meaning I want to have food to eat. I want to have money to pay my bills. Here where here's where the key is. Yet the evidence of things unseen. Now, and I had to break this down for somebody. What does that mean? Evidence of things unseen. You want to know what the evidence of something that you can't see is? Where is it? Where is the evidence of things not seen? What do you mean? Like, where is it? Where is where is the evidence of the things you can't see? I would say in my, I guess my imagination. I don't know. That's exact. That's absolutely where it is. Think about this, bro. Everything that you see in life comes from the imagination. Comes from the substance of a need. You have shelter. You have a home that you live in. This started with a teepee, with a hut. People living under trees and caves because they wanted to escape the elements. Manifest that hundreds and thousands of years later brother you're gonna be in a brownstone it's crazy because it's in your imagination think about the things that you had a need for and yet you had to believe that you had the evidence you just couldn't yeah. touch it yet you couldn't see it yet and the next thing you know like you said i'm speaking tangibly because i had the substance of something hoped for yet i knew i had the evidence of it i just couldn't see it yet just like when we was in jacksonville at the florida georgia game and that bmw passed by and i said i'm going to get that car that actually happened and that's what i'm saying so when you say that i'm talking tangibly it's not something and i know you know this it's not something that like i got some trick or something that or or i know the secret or something somebody else that i mean this is how people make money off of that stuff but it's just i'll tell you bro i just had a courage of having expectations and having my expectations met with the actual evidence of what I had the courage to believe in and hope for. Yeah. That's all that is. That's all that is. I mean, so yeah, when you say the brownstone, you want the brownstone, believe you're going to have the brownstone and move like you're going to have yeah. the brownstone. Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, go pack up your boxes tonight. Start, start planning like you're going to move out of that house. And that's how things work. Because the moment you say you have a need for something, you have to start moving in expectation of fulfilling mm-hmm. that need. See, a lot of people say I, 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 you know, need money to pay my bills, but they ain't they ain't coming up with no scheme to get the money paid. And I ain't talking about going to rob <laughs> nobody or nothing. I'm talking about going to apply for a job. Because yeah, you can go rob somebody, and that may satiate that need for today. But guess what? The universe has a tricky way of giving you what you gave it. You're going to get it. And when the bill come due. You're going to get out what you put in. That's good or bad. Facts. You know, it's funny you say that because my dad Facts. told me something so cold one day. <clears throat> I was talking with him of something and he said, listen. He said, you realize that everything started with just a thought. And Facts. I said, dang, dad, you're right. He said, everything. He said, so the first Thing to anything happening is to think it first. Now, my dad Sex. never talked like that, but that day he talked <laughs> like that. I was just like, dang, if I think it. So you're 100% correct in what you're saying. I thought I disagree, but you're 100% correct in that thought process. And it's funny because 
I'm looking at these brownstones and I'm like, they are amazing to me. Like I've never looked at houses as amazing. Brownstones mm-hmm. remind me of people's personalities, if, if it makes sense. You know why they're amazing to you? And this is just me knowing you personally. Because you live a cosmopolitan lifestyle. And the way that you live your lifestyle, like Rhea's place, I'm pretty sure you like her place because that's the type of lifestyle that you live. You live a lifestyle that's compartmentalized. You can have people over. You can entertain in an open space. You got an open floor plan for your kitchen. You got a great living space. You got a dining room area like and it goes up yeah. to the sky. It's not like yeah. a ranch style. So, based on your lifestyle, I could see why a brownstone is attractive to you. So I don't know. I just got fell in love. I got a bit with the brownstone. I don't even know how that's even. I've been, I've been, keep, I, keep keep looking I've been at the prices. Music, I'm playing brownstone music. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Say it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> The facts. Yeah, there you man. go. Yeah. No, they, I, I, I used to love that. Yeah, from man. The 90s. But I might have to look that up for, for background music. Um, I wanted to ask you something about this little thing that you sent us on Instagram that had me cracking up. Those, uh... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me read it out for the people who okay. can't hear. You can only choose one. Number one, $1,400 in food stamps. Number two... And these, they're, so there are eight different pills. So let me back up. So there are eight different pills and you can only choose one. One is a yellow pill. Number one being $1,400 in food stamps. Number two being uh, free rent. It doesn't say for how long. Um, number three is a black pill. It's a credit score of 800. Number four is a blue pill. Get a new BM or BD. So I'm assuming that means baby mama, baby daddy. Number five is a purple pill. Clean your criminal background. Number six is a green pill. Bring someone back from the dead. Number seven is a navy blue pill or violet pill. That's be rich, but you can't fall in love. Number eight is an orange pill. Happiness, love. I guess you have happiness and love, but y'all struggling. Meaning the people that you are in love with, you you, you are in love, but you're, you're now struggling. And you, 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 I could see that you had gone through this whole like thought process on the Instagram feed. Talk a little okay, bit about Okay, so that. I basically read it and I gave it to the group and mm-hmm. I, and I started, you know, um, going through process of elimination. Well, I don't really need this. You know, this would be nice. This is this, whatever. And, and really it's funny because when I first read it, I said, give me number seven. This is what, this is, I said, give me, because to me, it said rich, but no love. And I said, what does that even mean? No, 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 no. It didn't say rich, but no love. It said rich, but you can't fall in love. When I tell you I have that wisdom, this is what I'm saying. I'm looking at what these things say. Okay, that's even better then. So you can, you, you can, you can, you can have love, you just can't oh, fall I'm in cool love. Oh, I'm cool then. I don't need to, listen, I don't need to fall in love. Like, this is- Facts. Like, I'm, I'm rich. rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end of the day, I don't understand how somebody could be unhappy and be rich. I don't understand that. I don't, but I know it's possible. I'm just saying if it's me. I can understand that. I mean, usually people who are rich are, 
who are unhappy are people who got it through ill-gotten. Well, gain. yeah, well, Usually, I mean, I, that's always because I, I could never see myself becoming rich off of anything positive and being unhappy. Now, or or someone getting rich and they didn't they didn't earn it. That's a, that's another thing that makes people unhappy when they get that kind of money because they call it a survivor's remorse. Like people who win the lottery, when they get rich and they move away, they feel bad because their friends and family ain't rich. And I ain't I'm gonna tell you right now, to all my loved ones, I'm not gonna listen, have that problem. I, I'm not gonna remorse, be remorseful about nothing. Trust me, and I won't be surviving either. So y'all can go ahead. <laughs> y'all can go ahead and get upset with me now because I'm telling you now. <laughs> Brown, I'm getting the brownstone, blackstone, pea stone. <laughs> Soul, soul stone, stone. <laughs> cold stone. stone. I'm getting all the stones. Slide and family stone. Rolling stone. stone. Man. Barney stone for the Irish folks in the building. Oh man. No, when I when I when I read it, to your point, I thought it was funny because I, I listen, when I read it, I'm like, duh, number seven, like ain't nothing else even. To me, because I'm saying, okay, number seven. If I get number seven, I don't have I, all everything else is taken care of. You know, and I, I was, you know, shooting the shit with you and Lamar, and I said, well, hell, I, the only thing that you can't do is number six, and let's bring some back, bring someone back from the dead. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? They dead, and God yeah. never made no mistakes. So, but yeah, I mean, if you get number seven and be rich, you don't have to worry about food stamps obviously you can pay your rent you don't necessarily need a credit score of eight hundred dollars i mean eight hundred if you are rich um if you rich i'm pretty sure you're gonna get a new baby mama and baby daddy even though i don't Thanks. have one of either um and and if you're rich you're gonna be happy and if you're happy you're gonna find love yeah and, and this is the thing though and so falling being falling in love is is temporary it is it is it is not a, yes. a real yeah it's, it's romantic. not a real thing yeah. like you're not gonna fall in love for 100 years it sounds good to say it's good for a movie script but fact of the matter is you in love with a person a couple of months a year and then love kick mm -hmm. in so Thanks. the, the real, real love kick in and i tell and i tell people all the time they get mad at me but love is is hard it's not glamorous it's not beautiful it's not all of a sudden they try to preach you love is very hard and draining and it's unrewarding and it's trust me it's, it's none of the stuff they say it is because what you because what Facts. you're saying you're doing is i'm putting people above my own self and that is always Facts. going to be a challenge and it's always going to be weary nights it's always going to be don't go all the scriptures we see in the Bible. It's talking about that. <laughs> we we we've been yeah, made during in the I, night I, with John. All that stuff is because if you doing this love walk for real, you gonna need every page of that Bible to to, to make it through. <laughs> I will say this, um, and that's crazy. Again, how this conversation always goes in a very organic way because I just. I just released and published my latest podcast and guess what the what? title that is Love okay. Is and I based it off of uh, 1 Corinthians th chapter 13 
And, you know, let's talk a little bit about it. It says, uh, chapter 13, verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it, is, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. And if you read this whole thing, I'm going to tell you, and I've read the Bible, I don't know how many times, reading it for this time, I did not know that these two powerful scriptures were in the same chapter, in the same book. It goes on to say, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put, a, I put away childish things. I did not know they were in the same. <clears throat> I didn't know. Did I know mean, that? I didn't even, you know, we probably, but we probably read it many a time. We just didn't even. Oh, no, we have read it many times. But to put, go back to, see, this is how this thing is crazy, man. When you sit back and really peep it, it's basically telling you because it says that. When you think, you think in part. When you prophesy, you prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So when I read this now it's all together in its completeness, it's all together. So you think about what love is. That is what love is. When a man is a part and a woman is a part and they come together in union, what is a part disappears and they become yes. whole. That is all complete. Even like when you talk about friendships, like you talked about the difference between the INC and the LLC. You said the main difference between the INC and the LLC is why would you have an LLC if you don't have a partner? Facts. So an LLC is uh, is a conglomerate, I guess, yeah. joining uh, yeah. is a partnership. And, 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 and here is the kicker. I literally said this. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I don't think when I was a child, I knew what love was. Now that I'm a man, I know what love is because it is those things. Love is patient. You you have to be going through something to have patience. Love is kind. You have to know what being unkind to someone to, to really appreciate mm -hmm. what kindness is. Um, and, and love is not envy, meaning when my friends are doing well and I may not be doing my best, love is won't put me to envy. Like I'm gonna be happy just generally just being happy for my boys and, and the people in my life because they're doing well in life. And to me, those are the things that I know as a man I can honestly say I display. And I love the way the scripture ended it up. And you saw maturity. You started talking about what love yes. is and it ended with the with the person saying, and now as a man I put away childish things. Which which you see that what love will do is perfect you. It has you yes. going from this to this. This is why I say, if people are truly loving people, imagine what that person looks like. Imagine what a person looks like if they're patient yet gonna hold you accountable. Facts. They're they're kind, but stern enough to give you some good wisdom. Like that type of Facts. person is not going to be received well because that type of person not only going to challenge you with what they're saying but also how they're living so they're, they're going to constantly Facts. be holding a mirror up to you and as what a child would do 
a child always thinks that the rules are meant to hurt them, that the rules are meant to prevent Facts. them from living and enjoying life. But no, the rules are put in place to free you. This is they put it not the law, the rules. And the rules and the rules Facts. are different from the law. The rules are telling you if you put in, if you if you put in, you're guaranteed to get something back out. Oh, the law, laws yeah. are man-made. Rules are universal. Oh, yeah. Let me read this and then we're gonna go to go to a quick break. Because I like the way you just said people living like that, living like a mirror. Again, this is how complete this whole chapter is. It ended up by saying, when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror that we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. There you go. Let's take a quick break right. and we'll be right back. And we're back. Two kings in a pod with King Chris, a.k.a. C. Will Holler, and Blanchard the Great, or a.k.a. Blanchard Adonis. I think it's, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, what's up, y'all? I'm coming now feeling about 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> a king sitting on his throne. Man, sitting on his throne. You might hear a moan. Dropping them tears off. You are disgusting, man. <laughs> That's befitting, though, bro. That you um, that your your sign is a is a lion, a Leo. Oh yeah, my little logo. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but you're Leo as well, very kingly. So, so in Game of Thrones, who would your family name? Be? Who would your family be? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> would you be a, would you be a Stark? Would you be a Targaryen? Would you be a Baratheon? A Lannister? We probably be them wildlings, man. We probably be, we probably be them wildlings out there running, running around wild. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character, just from a character standpoint, yeah, is Cersei. Um, not. I don't relate to her the most, but she's my favorite character because I'm like, I would love to play somebody like her, just literally diabolical, I, diabolical to the core. I mean, yeah. do any and everything. And guess what? If I don't get the throne, nobody does. Like, that's how she plays. And I just love that character. I relate mostly to. Obviously, Arya, Jon yeah. Snow, Sansa, Tyrion, all the folks with character I relate to. Um, and, and even uh, Varys. Yeah. And I like him because he is the only, not the only one, but he's probably the person in the game. I don't consider Jon Snow in the game. Jon Snow is an unwilling participant in this thing. But he's but in the game. He's in the game, but he's not. I'm gonna say it like this: He's in the game, but he's not of the game. He's not of the game. Okay, he's not of the game. I like that. Yeah. He's not of the game. Varys is in the game, but his intent and his purpose is to protect the people. Mm -hmm. And every move he's making in the show is to ultimately 
protect the innocent. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, these people, y'all making decisions for everybody else and not them, and not, and not considering them. And they're yeah. the ones y'all quote unquote, fighting for is for the realm, for the people. Mm-hmm. And they keep throwing around the throne, but the throne really literally represents the people. Yes. Cersei just sees the throne. She sees power. Everyone power. power he, yeah. Everyone looks at the throne and the throne manifests itself in whatever they see as their purpose. Yeah. Vare sees the throne as protection. Yes. Because he was victimized. Right? Yes. He got his meat so, Right. Right. So And his eggs. <laughs> his stones and bones. His stones and bones. <laughs> so Daenerys sees the throne and she sees redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, because the throne was taken from her family. Um, Tyrion sees the throne and he sees order. Mm-hmm. Um, John sees the throne and he sees captivity. Because he want to go up north and be yeah. wild. Like John want to just chill. He don't John want to chill. That. Yeah. Um, I don't even. Arya obviously doesn't cover the throne at all. She, she, uh, but if she did, I would say Arya would see justice. Yeah. Because that's what she's about. She's about justice. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't even pretend to know. I, well, I do. You know what? I do see what Sansa would want if she was on the throne. Northern independence. Yes. Because what she told the Hound was a cold line. And he was like, you know, little bird, if you would have come with me, there would have been, no finger, there been no little finger, there would have been no ramps. And she said, if I would have came for you, I'd still be a little bird. Uh, if I would have came with you, I'd still been a little bird. So yeah. she taking biblical terminology and using it, i.e. she learned to rejoice in her struggles. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle with that statement, right? Because they, oh, how can you be happy with this? How could you be happy? I remember I was talking with this person about abortion and the the morality of it because because they you know i don't see it as right or wrong i mean it's a person's choice and they were like well, what if your mother would have aborted you i said then it wouldn't matter i wouldn't be here i wouldn't be here and it's just that simple because you're making it about your emotional connection to being here meaning your experience here has been gravy my experience here or has it? To, to whatever, yeah. yeah. I'm saying my my experience hadn't always been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, until I, like I said in the earlier part, until I became a man and I could put away childish things and I realized that it wasn't about me. But even still, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Yeah. You can't, you can't capitulate and bargain when the reaper come. I mean, yeah. when, when it's your time, it's your time. So... Um, I would say that my favorite character clearly is Arya mm-hmm. because she all in at all times. There's no question. But I actually like the auxiliary characters, man. Like I loved Jorah. Mm-hmm. One season I didn't care for him, but for the most part I loved him. I loved Sam. I loved Samwell. <laughs> I loved uh, Sir Beric. Dundarian. That dude had the coldest sword at the whole fight, man. Like he, he hit that. Yeah, man, light up. It's the it's the first lightsaber. 
<laughs> truly, truly the first yeah. lightsaber. Facts. Facts. I love him. Um Grey Worm is another another, you know, Grey favorite. Worm. But yeah, if I had to go down the line like one A, one B, yeah, it would definitely start with Arya. Uh but in terms of the most duplicitous bad guy, who was my favorite bad guy? I might have to say Littlefinger. Littlefinger was cold. He had some of the coldest lines too. Yeah. When, when he told old boy about that chaos is a ladder. The ladder. And, and I'm and I'm causing all this havoc. But I love I love Bran and I love Bron too. The 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 sales. Yeah. yeah. I love him. I love his character. But I also love because Bran is when he's shooting them back, them, them same lines, he that's what's cold about him because he can go back in time and he shoot them them same lines and they look crazy because when he quoted that same thing back to Littlefinger, he looked crazy. When he, he was quoted sick. that same thing back to Jamie, he looked crazy. He knew it was a rap. He knew it was a rap. He knew it was the a rap. The, the, the things we do for love is what he told Jamie. The things we do for love, Jamie's like, damn. And then I like what he said. <laughs> I know your favorite part. Dion. You're a good man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but you know he freed Theon. He did. He did. And see the throne. The throne. What nobody really realizes fully in the show is the throne is the ultimate responsibility. Facts. That's why when people were ruling that throne back in the day, there was a dragon there to make sure things didn't get out of hand. And I said, everybody wants the power, but not the responsibility of it. And I said, and, but Jon Snow, why I love him so much, is Jon Snow knows and is well aware what it means to be king. Yes. And, and guess what? He's like, I don't want it. Facts. And I understand why he doesn't want it. Because he doesn't want to have to make those type of decisions. And I get it. That's not, he, I don't want to do it. I'll fight for you. I'll take the knee. I'll do all this. But I'm not going to sit on that chair and make these decisions because I know eventually I'm going to have some blood on my hands. Facts. And he already has blood on his hands because of being a leader. Yes. Like, this is what he told Samuel, you know, when they were in the, in the uh, crypt. He was saying, like, I have had to do this before. Like, I've had to make these tough decisions. Like, when he had to kill those guys for uprising. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he, knows, he knows the cost of doing business. And I think, to your same point, a lot of people either, A, don't fully know the cost of doing business or don't care. Or don't care. Because I now, definitely, Cersei, I definitely know Cersei don't care. Cersei, and I love her so much, man, because Cersei does not care. And, she, and, and what she says is, I've already lost everything. This is why she's so dangerous. She She's known for years it's going to be a bad ending. Facts. She's known that. She's probably, she knows. I respect her because she said, I know it's going to be a bad ending, but it's going to be my bad ending. And I got to respect that. I'm doing it. I'm doing it my way. So if y'all come get me, when Jay-Z said that one song, come and get me. <laughs> come get me. I'm a dog, but you're going to come get me though. 
if I don't get you first. If I don't get, and I might get you first. Because she took a couple out with her now. And I guarantee, if Cersei got on that Iron Throne and won, she'd be miserable. Facts. She'd be miserable. No chaos, no destruction, no war, no plots, no schemes. Speaking of the cold lines, I mean, remember, she was the one who gave Ned Stark that line in season one. She said, and I quote, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Or you die. Or you die. That means in the game, to lose is a death. Once you start playing, and John, like, man, y'all done bought me back once, but you let me go on by my business, man. Facts. I wish I was in the north with you. Take my yeah. wolf with me. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm be up there with Tormon and Ghost. Yeah, take my take my uh, my dog with me, man. Um, what do you think is gonna happen on Sunday? I'm gonna be real with you. I don't know how they're going to fit in a finale of this magnitude in two episodes. I do. You do? Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know what's gonna happen this Sunday. I, I just don't think that who we think is going to be on the throne is going to be on the throne. I would agree I with that. And I, I don't think that I don't think the ending is going to look like what anybody expects. I expect a different ending than most, but it's not going to end how we think it's going to end. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a lot of I don't know how they're going to do I don't know. It's going to be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing, that's for sure. Let me ask you this. Do you think there are more dragons? According to the book, no. But according to the book, they don't die either. So it's, you know, does does one get brought back to life? Is there a huge one somewhere that's been sitting by and biding this time? Is there, I don't know. You know, is it one working with the because you know it back in the day those those dragons were the ones that kind of kept everything in order mm-hmm. with mankind so is there a dragon behind it all you know i mean i don't know so it's po- it's possible you know i remember i remember aria saying something that was cold she said what's west of westeros because she said if e- essos is east east what's west and westeros is west what's west of westeros she said I don't know. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Now, everything you say, I say things and manifest. Everything Arya has said. Yeah. When she calling people out on her list, and like when the uh, Red Witch told her, brown eyes, blue eyes, green what? eyes. Cersei yeah. has green eyes, by the way. Cersei, yes, yeah, she do. Uh, every every eye color she named was an important person, and so so we know she got two more kills on that little. She got two more foes gotta go. Well, I, the Night King was blue eyes. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm talking about there's two more. And old boy was brown eyes. Who? Um, uh, Frey. Walder Frey. The one who oh. was eating the pie. So it, 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 it's some more. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm where, do you rank, where do you rank Where do you rank? Game of Thrones in terms of, like, best television show of all time? I, I give Game of Thrones number one because it's 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 the writing, and, and I it's think it's literally that, everything in that show that makes yeah. that a great show. It's it like is, when you're watching that, you're watching an hour long movie each weekend. Yeah, with with great writing, the writing is impeccable. So 
even if I don't have the visual, I can listen to what they're saying and still have a visual. Like it's just nice. great writing and everything is layered. All the, everything they say means something. Has so to meaning. me, yes, yes. so those kind of shows that make you leave and study make you leave and have to go back and watch this. Watch it, yeah, I was about to say. I done watched all these seasons probably like three or four times. I'm about to go watch it all the way through again. Like, so. <laughs> it's because, not a bad idea. Because you pick up, and you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a Game of Thrones, you know, you have a book club, a Game of Thrones movie watch club, and y'all go watch these episodes and then come back and, and meet do, and talk do a about. breakdown, yeah. Because all this stuff applies to real life. Facts. And one thing cold about this show is if you got something coming to you you're going to get it good or bad facts if you got something coming it's coming what they say a cherry but a cherry not <laughs> and, and it may tear you apart you know what i'm saying say <laughs> so it may tear it though it may tear you, <laughs> you but yeah so i know in the last clip the dude with the fleet um what's his name the the Ironborn, what is it? The Stone. What's the fleet leader's name? The one that's messing with uh, Euron. Sir, messing with Cersei. Euron. Euron. He looks up in the sky and he gives a look in the cliff. Now, I know he's not giving that look from one dragon that he's already seen. Facts. He's already shot down. He's not. He's not giving that look. That look he had was something we in a trouble. Monster. We in trouble. So I don't know if it's I don't know. If it, I don't know. But I do well, they, I, they, they, they do great they do great foreshadowing. They, in, excellent in those clips. Excellent. And great foreshadowing on the show. And Facts. any of you study film, you know that they always give away the movie in the beginning. Truth. You just gotta just if you pay attention, you'll know the ending in the beginning. Just like that movie Us. I'm like, in the beginning, if you watch the film and you watch how it played out, you will see the difference. Even in that film, you notice that the girl downstairs, everybody was a certain way, but she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She was down there in was it Yeah, she could she could talk and the rest of them couldn't. She could dance, they could. True. She could, you know what I'm saying? So, and if you ever remember, and you go to the beginning of that film, and it's showing you a, something on the TV screen about the world being united. Mm-hmm. If you look at the catalog of books, Hands Across America. Hands Across America, the commercial. If you look at the books on the shelf, they, they skim the books slowly, but kind of quickly, but slowly, because let you read some of them. It was all about folks underground coming to the top. Mm. It was all books about exposing what was underneath and bringing it up into the surface. She mm. like movies like Chug and Goon. The, the mole people. All them kind of books were, were, yep. was on the yep. shelf. Well, books or a VHS movie, either one of them. It's like, I guess it might have been VHS movies, but my point was, unless you know that the person in the film is watching those movies and watching that commercial and getting a, a basis for a plan they're coming up with to basically expose society, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Expose, I guess, expose the world, you know, but really, um, 
it's really just an introspective look at are, are, are we actually being controlled or do we really actually will? Are we a part of some science project? Like, what's really down the rabbit hole? I don't know, you know? Facts. Well, I mean, we already know that they don't call it programming for the Facts. reason. Yeah. It's called programming for a reason. So, uh, and I heard someone say a very interesting topic. They said that, um, and I, I, could, I couldn't finish the whole clip, so I need to go back and, and listen to it. But basically, say, basically stated the fact that black Americans or are socially engineered like we're science experiments true because truthfully we don't exist anywhere else on the planet no like we are as american as american in terms of we only exist in this country we are actually the physical byproduct of america when they, when they came from europe they came and took over america we're actually a product of what they created um and as you see, our situation is totally different than anybody else in the world. I told the folks at the gym, and so I said, I said, black people in America spend like a first world country, but we live like a third world country. And, and I said, you don't find that dynamics in any other place on the planet. And I said, we are literally a nation within a nation. It's why they call it black America. Because there's a difference between Black America and White America. The benefit to being I would say Black America and White. I mean, not Black America and America. Okay, Black America and America. The only difference is because you don't say you don't say Chinese America. No. You don't say Mexican America. No. We, you we, know, Sweden. You know. We we say America, we say Mexican American. We don't say Mexican America. Sure. But we have the benefit of partaking in all those cultures. Absolutely. We're allowed to navigate in those cultures. I didn't say without restriction, though. We're allowed to navigate through them and, and, and benefit from those other cultures. So, yeah, we are an experiment. And I think us lets you know how much of an experiment we really are. Um, where you literally have a bunch of clones <laughs> underground. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I wanted to ask you this question. It's gonna be way off base, but I know you wanted to talk about this whole Aisha Curry thing. Oh my girl. My girl. So I, I, I definitely want to bring that up and I want to give that due diligence and give that a proper time. Um, because we were run out of time quickly. So you heard what she said. Yes. What's your initial reaction to what she said? And you did a, you did you didn't do a podcast, but you actually IGTV video about it. Yeah. And for the folks out there, you can find that at He Is Blanchard. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. When I do videos, I'm not necessarily speaking about Aisha Curry more than I'm speaking to the subconscious, the, 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 the conscious that the people don't speak about. I understand what she was saying. Okay. But I also understand what she said and where it came from. Mm -hmm. The issue of what she said was, what's the remedy? Mm -hmm. If you don't get the attention you want, if you're not happy about where things are going, if you want men to holler at you to feel like you're whatever, if you want these things, if you don't get them, 
what is the next course of action. I've always asked people, if you don't get what you're setting out to get, then what happens next? So even in her case, I'm asking, if no guys holler at you ever again in life, are you going to be able to function? If, if no other man in your life ever tells you that you look good, are you going to be able to function? If no other man in life tells you they don't want to sleep with you, are you going to be able to function? Because that's the real question. How are you going to handle this situation? Mm -hmm. a, a person asked her, they sent her a question and said, does Steph Curry ever get upset? I listen to what people say, as do you. And this is what gets us in trouble sometimes because we actually listen to what they say and then we rewind the tape and then, mm -hmm. they, and, and then they want our head instead of their own head. Facts. She said, does he get upset? She said, honestly, it's sickening and it gets me upset. I don't like it, but he doesn't get upset. He's the most positive, well-mannered, humble, nice person you're ever going to meet. I thought about that. I said, and then she said, well, he has to be like that because I'm the one that's good tempered. She said, but basically, he only gets upset on the court and not in their life. And I said, she told her herself, though. Mm -hmm. She told her herself. It's always a level of competition that folks don't want to speak about. You tell me you go on New York, I'm happy for you. You know why? Of course. Because it's opportunity. I say my boy finally get to be in the Big Apple where he can actually get appreciated for who he is. They actually can say, okay, I see the building standing tall, but I also see Chris. <laughs> so I'm happy I'm like finally the world will get to see what I've been saying he up there with the greats but then there's also some people they, they care about you love you all this but there's still a level of competition they, they want you doing well but they don't want you doing better than them. They don't want you out doing them. They don't want you, you know, stunting on them. And I think Aisha Curry, when she gave her analogy about wanting a man to holler at her, she gave the analogy after she talked about women coming after Steph. So it lets me know that you don't really want men to holler at you because she already said, I don't want to cheat. You just want to compete with Steph on the attention that he's getting. And I always ask the question, if you don't get that attention, what are you going to do? Because right now you popping Xanax and, and about to lose your mind. What are you going to do? These women keep telling me it's natural, it's understandable. I said yes, and most of y'all are miserable. So I keep asking the question, what are you going to do? This is normal. She had kids, she had babies. I understand all that. What are you going to do if you don't get it? I got a friend of mine. She wanted to be a lawyer. Go back to purpose. She took the bar exam six times. Each of those, <laughs> each of those six times, her parents paid for her to take a course to prep for the bar exam in California. Each of those courses cost about five racks. 
So on top of school and law school, they paying extra racks for you to go to prep for the bar exam. After the fourth time, her dad said no more. <laughs> that's ten thousand dollars. I don't give a damn what you want to be at this point. No, that's twenty thousand dollars. Twenty Twenty thousand dollars. Her dad said, I don't give a damn what you want to be. You ain't thinking no more money. <laughs> damn the damn the courtroom. That's your inheritance. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> she didn't pass the bar exam. Mm. And she was hurt about that. And she ended, sure. and she ended up doing something. She's like an Auburnman now. And I don't want to say the place. I don't want to give it away. But she's an Auburnman now. And Alderman. 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 Well, she probably an Auburnman. She's she, she, she an Uberman. She's an Uberman. But anyway, yeah, she's an Alderman. But I felt that to say, Chris, her life passion, her life goal was not to be a lawyer. Mm. Her life goal and her life passion was to be a choreographer because she loved dance. Mm. That was her mm. life's passion. Mm-hmm. So she didn't waste all this time and money doing something that looked good, that, mm-hmm. that sounded good. Everybody wanted her to do because she was who's who in high school because she was this in college. Sororities, all this stuff. Cause so, it, so it matched the part. It, 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 yeah. it seemed right. That's what yeah. you're supposed to do. I'm going to be a lawyer. Yeah. I'm going to have a law firm. All that sounds good. But in your heart of hearts, you want to be a choreographer. Guess what you did? You danced yourself right out of that bar exam and fed every last one of them. <laughs> now, I say that to say, Aisha Curry wanted to marry Steph Curry. Because mm-hmm. it seemed right. Basketball star, we both light-skinned. We both gonna have light skinned kids. We both gonna look the part. You play basketball. Dad's an NBA player. All this, it all sounds so good. You gonna make this money, the life. But what did you really want? Mm. Because you may have not really wanted this. You may have wanted something else. And let's be honest, Chris, while I let you go. There's no way she was prepared for Steph Curry to be Steph Curry we see now. Facts. She knew he was good. She knew he could play ball. She knew he was a great person, but she wasn't prepared for the best guy that she knew, that she knows now. Let her tell out her own mouth, this is the best guy I know to be the best guy and be a megastar. That's a lot to deal with. Because now it went from swallow my pride to now I got to always focus on the bigger picture, which is what she should be doing in the first place. But here goes the funny part. He's always made it about her. Facts. He's never not made it about his wife. He's always promoted his wife. There's a clip of her. He's talking to Roz Gold, the, the, the sideline commentator. Um, she used to report for the Warriors, but now she works, for, she works with Turner and works with some other networks now. But mm-hmm. she's talking to her, he's talking to her getting an interview, and his wife comes and basically bombards the interview. Trying to, I guess, make sure that she's not trying to holler at her man. Like she don't have a job to do. Like she don't see NBA players every day and interview them. And I'm like, look at the mindset of this woman. 
And y'all gonna tell me it's natural. Y'all gonna wanna tell me it's normal. No, I can't give her that pass. Here's what I said that I think she meant. And, and, and I've always told everybody, first and foremost, I'm okay with anybody telling their truth, sharing their opinion. I'm okay. So uh, to your point, I was okay with what she said. Mm, I was too. And I, and, I, and I know you said this before, and I think it was like this, because I don't know if Aisha Curry went to college or not. I don't know. Because um, I know they were together since high school. Okay. So that being the only guy that she knows, that being the only guy that she ever been with physically, romantically, and in that sense, um, my understanding of what she said was me doing a huge thing I shouldn't do that's making an assumption on what she meant to say. And I think what she meant to say is sometimes I don't feel pretty. Sometimes I don't like myself, which everybody has. Yes. Everybody struggles with that versus saying, Steph is getting all this attention and it's been 10 years and ain't nobody hollering at me. Again, she said that. I think what her intention was, okay, Steph gets all this attention. Meanwhile, I don't feel so good about myself because I've had these three kids. I put on this weight, um, all of this other stuff. Here's my, here's where I take up issue though. You've also spent years stunting on other people in their relationship and how they live their life. Mm. Telling these women don't be don't be girlfriend material. This is how you be wife material. All mm-hmm. these guys out here doing this and it. You spent stunt, a great part stunting stunt on the, the thoughts, stunting on them, stunting on the thoughts, and now you secretly want to be a thought. Don't wear this kind of clothes. Don't wear this. Dress appropriately. She's at all. She's running the whole gamut on what women should be and do. So a lot of guys have had to deal with the fallout of your actions. Yeah. So you have done a Cersei. You have built up this enemy list. I'm surprised that y'all surprised that people coming for her. Because she had been stunting on people for years. Facts. And I have another question that I thought about too. Why is she always popping off during the playoffs? Because this is the time of the year where Steph gets the most attention. Aha. Gotcha. Aha. What they said on Dave Chappelle. Woo-hoo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Let's start the show. <laughs> the Aisha show. <laughs> wow. Three kids. I, I said, man, I said, why is she always popping off? During the playoffs, this man needs to concentrate and play his game, but she don't want to be... I, you, and another thing popped in my head before I go down the rabbit hole and forget. There's another popular couple that something similar to this didn't end so well, and a lot of people have forgotten because this could be close to 20 years ago. You remember Phil Hartman? Yeah. He used to be on Saturday Night Live. Yes. His wife pulled the we, ultimate. We remember his untimely demise. Yep. His wife said enough's enough. I mean, people, people making this thing a joke. I'm like, look, we don't seen the other side of this. I am. This is this is what competing and being jealous of your spouse would do. Because you're not in it for them. And and guess what? And people are arguing with me on this thing, and I said, if it's about him. And what else matters? If it's about 
if it's about Steph Curry, if I say I'm going to marry this woman, I'm saying I'm making it about this woman. That means I might run the risk of never being with another woman again in life. I, I run the risk of never getting hollered at by another woman in life. And let's be honest. If somebody ain't hollered at me for 10 years, I got to be real with myself. <laughs> I ain't got the juice no more, man. Come on, man. Fact. If somebody don't holler at me for 10 years, that's beyond not being attracted to me. I don't have it anymore. But you're a mother of three and you have a very successful husband and you two are successful. She has shows, books, she public speaks all the time. She's on she's on shows now from speaking. So she's having benefits from being with Steph Curry and somebody tried to tell me she's tired of living in her shadow. Then why'd you marry her? Because if I marry my woman, I'm not in her shadow. We in this thing together. Facts. I'm, I'm with you. So guess what? If she does something well, we did something well. That's my wife. I'm here supporting her. So if she feel like she's in his shadow, that's a problem. Because guess what? It's a attitude that's going to breed resentment. And, it, and, it, and it's going to make her even, she's already said she's sick of the fact that she don't like the fact that he's so positive and humble. That's a problem. You want some drama. But you know why, though? Because our women get conditioned to think that drama means the man care about you. That when there's some arguing and fussing and fighting going on, that means he really loves you. Girl, y'all been in an argument? Oh, he don't really love you. Girl, he done, he, he done threatened you? Oh, girl, he don't love you. He done tore the house up? He don't love you. No. He got some sense and he's happy with his life. He got you. He got the kids. He got the basketball, the MVPs, and the money. Why would he be upset? And he, and, I mean, he, he, and his brother hooping. And his, think about it. His brother hooping, MVP, championships, and he believe in God too. Why would he be upset? <laughs> Facts. For what? He's literally the perfect man. He's literally the perfect man. And I'm like, Aisha Curry, you got, you got a man worth half a billion dollars. You got three beautiful children. You got a lifestyle that's wonderful. You have your own show, your own brand, your own books, your own identity. Truth. And on top of that, you want some cats to slide in your DM too? How many affinity songs do you want? God damn. Well, I personally don't think she's attractive though. So I can understand that. But here's what somebody said to me that I have to agree with. And this is where I'm really not, I'm really not liking what I'm hearing from my sisters. Ooh. And this is what I, someone said to me and they brought it to my attention. I would agree with this. He said, and I quote, the problem I'm having with our sisters is they don't understand that black men have so much respect for Steph Curry that they don't want to slide in that girl's DMs. Like, because people, and I know that to be true, when you respect the cat, yeah. this is this is what I love about our friendships. And I say friendships plural because two things we have never fought over, money and women. And women. And if you don't fight over those things, those are things that we hang our hat on as ultimate respect. Yeah. Meaning if I borrow some money, you know you're going to get your money back. 
Yeah. We ain't gonna have no smoke. If you talk to that chick, I'm not gonna talk to that chick. We ain't gonna have no smoke. Yeah. And if I wanna talk to that chick because she's trying to holler at me, I come and straighten it up and get clearance from you first. Yeah. And it, th- th- these are the things that we talk about respect. And that's what I said on my podcast. I don't know if you can love someone you don't respect. And I don't know if you can respect someone you don't love. They go hand in hand. They 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 definitely go hand in hand. So I guess what I'm hearing you say is she wants men, she wants men, I'm assume black men. She wants black men to display stereotypical negative behavior. So that's that she, what it sounds like to me. So that she can feel good about herself. Because what you're really asking is for men to disrespect your marriage. And at the end of the day, I don't understand. Like to me, if she had said, I don't feel pretty. I get it. Yes. If she says, I don't feel attractive, I get it. If she says, I just feel like, or if she even says, I look at these other women that like Steph, and I'm wondering, how can Steph still love me and have all these women that want them? I get it, Chris. But that's not Mm -hmm. what she said. Facts. That's not what she said. Her remedy for this solution was for guys to disrespect her marriage. And I'm like, she said it though. Y'all can have me try to figure out Rosetta Stone and what she really meant. I'm not doing all that, man. <laughs> I heard what the woman said. She Facts. said it. She said the remedy was for dudes to disrespect her marriage. And I, again, I ask all the time, Chris, if you don't get what you want, what are you going to do? And then what? And then what? You don't get into law school, what you gonna do? You don't pass the bar, what you gonna do? That mean they don't have a plan. Damn. Okay. And so we know those who fail to plan. Plan to fail. And guess mm-hmm. what, Chris? I like Aisha Curry. And of course. I like Steph Curry. And this is not nothing personal against her no. as a person or him or anything like that. I just know that being insecure can't be the burden of somebody else. And you have Facts. to give it that. You gotta love yourself for you love for you being you. Yeah. And I think that. She has to look at the glass being half full versus half empty. She has yes. to look. She has to look at why Steph Curry loves her. Why it's a blessing to be a wife. Why it's a blessing to be a mother. Why is it a blessing to be a part of his family? Why it's a blessing to be in this position to be able to even make change in the world. She, she can use the platform to make positive change in the world, which I think she has. I just think that she's overlooking all the positive of what she has going on and focusing on one small part. And again, if somebody hasn't hollered at you in 10 years, you should be used to it then. Like it should, <laughs> it, it shouldn't bother you no more. You know what's funny? And, I, and I'm gonna say it like this. I really don't care who take it any kind of way. It's funny to me that women complain about that. Like, they always say that men complain about the things that women deal with all the time, but women complain about the things that men deal with all the time. There are plenty of men who go basically their entire existence without getting no, without getting no burn, without getting hollered at, without getting no attention. They call them incels. Mm-hmm. Men who are basically involuntarily celibate. Yeah. He ain't get no. He ain't get no. Plan he ain't get no action. I know no action. Sir. I know somebody like that right now at work. I know he ain't get no plan. And, 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 and unless he paying for it, and we all know, 
just ain't gonna do that. No. Because that don't come with the same kind of gravitas as being chose. No. <laughs> and if he ain't getting no action, I know he hates you. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I know he ain't getting no action. I know he ain't getting no action. I, I can look at him still at the home with his parents, man. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I know. Able. Well, you, you know what? My mind, my mind said around that is changing. And then we'll wrap it up in a little bit. But my mind said around staying at home with your parents. I'm, I'm starting to change. Because if you, not to say that you can't afford to live outside of your, your means or, or move out on your own. But for what? I, I understand a thousand percent what you're saying, and I agree a hundred percent. I don't think that's why he's staying at home, but I do agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, and, and, and obviously, if he was getting some action, he could be at the house. He, he at home because they're still cooking his meals every day, still washing his clothes. He's a big kid. Oh my goodness. I, I, I shudder to ask how old this person is. Oh, it is tough. He's oh. yeah. yeah. Did he go away to school? Did he did he even try living on his own? I, I think he went to school, but I don't think he went to school up the street. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So but I get well, what you're saying But yeah, that, I don't Yeah, because I mean other cultures do it. Yeah. You know, they do it in Asian culture, they do it in Hispanic culture. Like you got three or four generations. I would I would do house. it. I would tell my I would tell I say, listen, I would do it. I could do it with everybody. Especially if I can get a brownstone, they can live downstairs. <laughs> you know I can I can live I can live with my grandmother, um, probably a couple of my cousins, my aunts. Um, I could not live with my dad. There's no way. No. That, that we we be we be yeah. fading the fisticuffs like yeah. towards the end of the day. Yeah. As my grandfather would say, "Can't be no man in my house, Buck." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, man. We bring the podcast. But, but, but hold on, close. hold on. One thing. Oh, okay. But I also think that talk about like Aisha Curry. I think that there is still a lesson. And of course, what she said, and you know, Steph issued a statement, and somebody said, you know, Steph is agreeing with her and all this stuff. I said, I don't think Steph is agreeing with her more than Steph is supporting his wife. And I there's think a difference. there's a difference. I think because she's his wife, he's going to support her. Of course, if the people are bashing her and doing this, he's going to show public support for her because I know she's at home crying and stressing him out. Yeah. So I know he's like, I gotta make sure she's straight so I can get some peace. I know this. Truth. But I also think that what Aisha Curry is kind of peeling the veil off of is the fact that a lot of women have this romanticized version of what marriage is and what marriage is going to do. And mm -hmm. society does us a great disservice because society tells us that when we get married, we're gonna be happy, and that's not true. And not I at think all. And I think that, and even in her case, if she could have saw now, if she could have saw now, back then, I don't think she would have got married. I think, I mean, it's my own opinion, most people wouldn't get married. They could see the now, before they got married, I don't think most folks would get married. I think she would have got married. I think what she would have done was it, she would have fooled around. 
Oh, okay. She would have ran out there okay. and got, ran through okay. real quick. Okay, okay. So she would she have compromised herself here. Yeah, she would have okay. ate some of that street meat. Okay, okay. I'll go <laughs> with that. that. Some of that rat soup. Okay. And then she could really appreciate, because I had to say this to somebody, you know, I said, hope, it's hopefully hard. come it's, back, though. Oh, hopefully. hopefully come back with them so, uh, unscathed. <laughs> <now>, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I done seen the war wounds, man. I done seen the war wounds. Jamie from episode one, <laughs> I mean, Jamie from uh, season one you know to season eight. <laughs> he done lost his hand, his well, hair jet black, his beard scruffy. <laughs> he look off. I'm like, God, Jamie. Jamie was young and vibrant. Jamie was golden. He was literally golden. He was golden. In season one. And in season eight, he riding Jamie looked like he done went down to hell and got them keys, man. He riding off at midnight horse somewhere. I'm hateful too. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> I almost cried when Breon took off that shirt. I said, how's she gonna get it off his hand? Man, that's crazy, right? Yeah, oh man. No, no I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I, I don't, I think she would have gotten married, but here's here's again what I'll say. Hindsight being 2020, I said this to someone. I said, what is marriage going to do for you that you can't already do for yourself? Your, your same statement, what is the plan? What is the plan? You get married and then what? Then you have kids. Okay, and then what? Because you keep circumventing what I'm asking you. And I'm asking you, what is your plan? Yes. Because to me, marriage... <clears throat> marriage to me is like money. Money is a byproduct of you actually doing something. Something, yeah. Most, most people aren't happy with the money that they get because they aren't happy with what they're doing. Facts. Because if you're doing what you love, you don't worry about the money. This is why people have hobbies. This is why you work out. This is why you go to the gym. This is why you play basketball. You don't get paid to do any. As a matter of fact, you pay them to do these things. Mm -hmm. But you do them because you love doing it. Even yep. when you don't like doing it sometimes. I tell everybody, they're like, oh my goodness. I couldn't get up and go to the gym at 5 a.m. in the morning. I say, well, it's not like I love doing it, but you know why? I know the benefits of doing it. It's a necessity so that, at this point. So that's why, that's how I look at marriage. Marriage is in addition to being in a great relationship. Marriage yeah. is not going to make my relationship great. Facts. Marriage is in addition to me being happy with myself and me being happy with my my, my person, my, my life partner or my spouse or whatever that person is. My, that's to me, the, the, the benefit is the result of these things. I go back to the scripture, right? Because it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and these things will be added unto you. These things to me in that correlation would be marriage and, and, and family life and children. Not the other way around. I think people think that there's some magic button or some magic switch that's going to happen once you get married. Like, aha, you get married and now, you, now all of a sudden you like each other. Uh, aha, now the family or the household is complete now that we got children. I'm like, no. Those things are detractors. Those things are distractions. Because now that you are not happy, guess what? Guess what comes before your happiness now? The marriage, the yeah. children. So now you are farther away from being happy than the you were. The, the bills. Because, oh my goodness, that, those things triple, quadruple. And I say that to say this. If you can't be the best you for you, you can't be the best you for anybody else. Facts. So my so my question is to Aisha, what is your plan 
and making sure that your feelings, these insecurities you have, don't ruin your mar- your marriage. Because mm-hmm. right now what you're doing is you just told the world it wasn't Steph Curry's fault. Mm-hmm. But Steph Curry is going to get the brunt of your insecurities because he loves you and you're his wife. So my question is, because you love this man and you are married, what are you going to do to make sure you don't have to add even more pill bottles in your closet? What are you going to do? They did a great disservice, Chris, when they when they told us that marriage was going to make us happy. They lied. Well, I never believed that anyway. You know, you've known me for no, a long yeah, time. No, yeah, you know, they lied. I remember, I remember thinking, I remember going to weddings as a kid, and I was like, dang, everybody's so happy. This is what a marriage is. No, that's what a wedding is. Facts. A, a marriage is something else. Not a marriage is what I saw at my house. Exact. Guess what? It, a marriage is what Aisha popping them pills for. That's a marriage. She ain't popping no pills because, no, she's married, and this is what happens when you're married. You got to mm-hmm. deal with all these emotions, but guess what? You tied to somebody else. Yep. So... I just think that you saw marriage from a view standpoint. I had to see it from a, a, I mean, a true, a true standpoint. I had to see it from a true standpoint, and we had both come to the conclusion that marriage doesn't change anything. If you're unhappy before you get married, you'll be unhappy after you get married. So it's and now it's worse because, like you said, you're tied to somebody else. So, so now you got to not only deal with yourself, but you got to deal with their stuff too. Everything magnifies. Everything is magnified. So I always, well, I started saying, we do a video about this, but marriage versus the institution of marriage. And mm-hmm. I think that to me is to basically just say in the eyes of God, I'm committed to this person for life. That's what to be married is to me. The institution of marriage is when folks start saying, it's a business. You got to do, uh, you get divorced, you get half. It's, it's all this stuff that necessarily spiritual mm-hmm. in, in, in the relationship. It's all of the stuff that's a byproduct of the relationship, uh, uh, of the financial, the government getting involved, all this stuff is the institution of it. But to me, I really support marriage. Of I course. Don't, I don't support that other stuff. I don't no. support that the other foolishness that if I got 200 million and we get married and we get divorced, you get half. No. I told someone this. I would approach marriage the same way I approach everything in my life with intention and purpose. Thank Meaning you. that the things that I am already doing are going to lead up to that. So if I'm going to get married, it's going to be with the intention of staying married. And the purpose is to not only make myself happy, but make this person that I'm with happy. But guess what? She has to come to the table already happy. And then we figure out how we can plug and play together. But listen, man, I got I to gotta run because I got this okay, meeting at three. So um, great podcast. This is episode nine. You put on the books when we got to do episode 10 because I'm telling you, man, when we go these long periods of time without doing this, people be all up in my DMs yeah. troubling me. They need to be talking to my partner. <laughs> what he out here doing, living his best life yeah. while I'm over here struggling to put these podcasts together. But listen, bro, I, I love you so much, man. I really appreciate you for doing this with me. And uh, let me know when we can do it again. All right, man.